Good day to you. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Path to Zion podcast. Oh man, I'm hoping that um, this recording will likely close out the week. By the time this makes it public, the um, mystery of the Harmonious Union, the mystery of Harmonious Union series, a three-part series examining if we truly in our heart of hearts believe in faith that the unity of the brethren is possible. Is it really possible in our age? Or is it a not yet reality? That is a very thought-provoking question um, from, my, from my view. I hope you've been thinking about that, friend. I hope, number one, I hope you've listened to that series. Um, if not, Set aside an hour and a half over the next week, next month, and listen to those three parts. I think it might uh, benefit us all to really evaluate if if we are in a place of faith and expectancy that 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 promise of of the fruit of being unified in the Spirit is really possible for us, is really a goal to set before us to, to attain. Now today... Um, I was back in Ezra this morning, and I want to I talk briefly about um, a certain topic. Now, I will preface it with this. The last little bit this morning, oh man, I'm just like, Lord, what, what do I hone down to, to share and, 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 and actually record today? You know, you get, you get to a place in your life, you're like, well, what do I choose to even talk about? Lord, okay, so God help me in this public forum, in this not just merely my household, but like other people in their own place of the journey, in any other unknown region of the world that, that who knows where, they will be geographically and where they will be spiritually speaking in their journey, in their walk. Lord, what is it your spirit saying? And like posturing myself from that, that proper perspective of really believing the Lord can use our mouths, our experience, our, our personal time of, of communion with the Father to start our day, And what the Lord is showing us personally now, again, the personal conviction, the personal experiential hearing the oracles of God, and then, all right, Lord, you you have given me a a voice, literally a a natural voice. I will speak your words. I will, to the best of my ability, I will prayerfully give myself to speaking your word into the earth for whoever may have ears to hear. And so... I'll be honest, I've really done that this morning because this topic that came to the surface today, today now, could could be lengthy, and I was asking the Lord if I should put this on the shelf today and give it several days of study to make it what would probably be a very a lengthy multi-part series. But here's the problem. I already have two other series in the in writing form more than just you know a lot of these I just I just talk it's just kind of commentary topically you know surface level 
type thinking, just talking. Have you thought about this? You know. But if you follow this podcast at all, you know there are actual studies that make it on here. Many don't, but some do, that are more text-heavy, um, really picking apart the scriptures and, and, and extracting a, a scriptural principle and action out of a text, out of a scriptural account. And so there are two of those already in process that are probably 20 pages between the two of them that I'm already like, I need to get, I need to get completed. And so I say all that to say like, may, okay, so let's say it this way. This is going to be a topic that you can take yourself and really put time into. Insert yourself into the scriptures towards. Um, because what I'm going to share, man, I'm telling, man, even as I'm saying, I'm like, oh God, can I, can I maybe just do a broad view and then come back and do a real deep study in this soon? Because I think there's a lot within it for us to glean and then therefore add to our lives. Okay, so what is it? Well, it's about, it's about confession. Now, I want to say back maybe early summer, I lose track of timing of things. Sometime late spring, early summer, um, I believe. It'll be, of course, in the archives of the podcast. But I remember doing a message about the power of confession. Um, a very simple... Um, yet absolutely necessary and, and also, I would say, lost, um, empowering practice of the power of confession. Um, you know, it's, it's been abandoned. And I, and I remember, without even going back and reading what I had written or what I recorded, listening to that, I remember the gist, which is, of course, like, you know, the Scripture tells us of the power of confession. Confess your sins one to another. And, and what is the result, the promise of God is the result from doing that. Now, I don't know where you are with confession, where you have been in your life, where, um, what you have experienced. Now, confession is risky. It's dangerous if you're not with people who, not just that you can trust, but I mean like spiritual men, men who really can rightly receive and hold whatever it is you might might share in openness. You know, we I would say it's you have to be careful. Um, we have to be wise. We have to be discerning. But we do need the we do need the the operation of confession. Um, you know how people do that today. I'm not even going to get into that. I mean, I'm I'm not looking to approach how that happens in different sects of Christianity. That's not today's point. But, but what I was thinking about this morning, and see, I'm already, what, seven minutes in, and I've gotten nowhere. And so that's why, man, this thing could be maybe something in the future. So let's just kind of, let's just kind of spread some frosting on the cake, shall we? And again, I, I just want to challenge you, like, ask the Lord, is this something that is present in my life? And let, let, again, I'm going to make this very clear. We're going to stay on the surface here. We're going to have to just kind of spread out a broad blanket of thought with a whole lot of content that will be underneath it that we will not address, presumably. Okay, so confession. Just a couple thoughts. Again, I'm driving. I can't stop and read. We know how that goes. Okay, I'm just driving and like, 
I'm going to have to go into the library of my mind, so be, be kind to me. Um, we're going to have to just run with what we've got. So I've just been thinking through. We have personal, confe- personal confession. We have times where we, ourselves individually, go before the Father. We confess our sins. We are repentant. We are vocally open before the Creator, believing He already knows, yet believing in the scriptural evidence to the need of confession to Him, towards Him. And acknowledging openly, you know what, Lord? I am full of iniquity. We see that throughout the Psalms. A lot of David's writings was according to those lines. I know it's in me. Lord, I, I, I am confessing the obvious. There's no hidden thing from you already. So I, I open myself to just say, Lord, here it is. And if I don't even know where it is, Lord, search me and know me, right? I, there, there is iniquity in me somewhere. Help me, God. Cleanse my hands. Okay, then you have personal confession. Number two, if you want to get all fancy, one to another. You, you confess to God, and then you confess to one another. It's another level. I would say this is what I just touched on. It's a very lost, um, it's a lost operation within the body of Christ. Uh, we don't want people to know we're flawed. We don't want people to know we're struggling. We don't want them to know we have an addiction. We don't want them to know we're in depression. And we have been um, deceived to believe that if we tell someone we are not perfect, (laughs) we somehow are negating the power of the cross or our status, our image, our reputation is on the line. If we do that, we risk being branded a failure. And nobody wants to do that. And so we restrain, I would say, restrain the confession. So personal confession to God, personal confession one to another. And I mean down to the gut level, right? A a power that I would say is very untapped within the corporate body in my age. Okay, so like, okay, let me just let me just stay here for a literal minute or two. Okay, if you listen to this podcast, you know that back in the end of September, right before Yom Teruah, my wife and I were immersed. We were baptized. We were born of the water. We didn't merely get wet and do something that signified something else metaphorically. We were literally born of the water, the scriptural reality, the completion of the three. We had been born again for years. We had been born of the Spirit for years, but we were born of the water. Just, just over three months ago. And I shared this even the other day, but I know not everyone listens to every podcast episode, so I don't mind being redundant in that sense. I, I was brought to a place of confession. Personal confession to God and personal connect, um, confession to, to men. I did everything that I, I knew I could do, literally, I didn't sleep much. I didn't eat much. It was a, as I shared again just the other day, it was my Garden of Gethsemane experience. I emptied myself out like a drink offering before the Lord. I poured myself out to empty. Everything that my mind and spirit 
in submission to Yahweh and asking Him to search me, know me, sift me, correct me, bring things to mind to me that have been hidden in the recesses of my of my spirit since my childhood. Lord, bring it all up to the surface. I can take it because I'm, I'm joining myself with your death like the scripture says. I'm joining into the death. I'm climbing up onto the cross. I'm climbing into the side of Messiah and I am joining myself with his death as he is. And so I'm going to get up there in the same manner, in the same way that he did, which was what? I am emptied. I have fulfilled every single thing I have come to do. I'm empty. And what did he say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. And as I said in messages leading up to my baptism, in the record of my baptism, and many times since, when I did that, I did what the Messiah did, which was I committed my spirit to the Father in the only way that I could is when I was empty. When I was done, when, guess what? <laughs> it is finished with me. It's finished. I'm done. I surrender. My will is dead. I take on the will of the Father to absolute completion. How? By joining into the death. So in that, leading up to that, I had, I had very, very, very large amounts of confession. To God, to men. Emptied. Clear. Scripture tells us that baptism is what? An appeal for a clear conscience. Well, well, friends, I came out of the water clear. And here I am now, 13 weeks later, I'm clear. I'm clear. I'm not going back. It's all in the water. My enemies were drowned. I'm a new creation in a whole different way, born of the water. Okay, so the... Those two components were an absolute necessity to get me to the place of emptying myself. Now, here's number three, and this is where I'm at today. Okay, number three, which is, again, we're talking confession. Number three, I would say, is corporate confession. Corporate confession. Now, okay, well, what in the world is corporate confession? Like, I do not think we have seen that very much. Now, maybe in liturgical ways where something is recited, um, maybe in some formulaic way where someone stands in for the sins of the body. And I'm not negating that in any way. That's just not my thing. The formulaic stuff is not, it's just not my way. It's, it's, it's not how I operate. But the corporate confession... In the sense of now, I'm not talking about 20 people standing in a room and confessing their sins out into a into an assembly. I'm not talking about that. To be clear, I'm talking about intercessory confession. Confession on behalf of others. I have not really heard anything about this in my life in 46 years. I don't really remember anybody talking about this. I don't remember anyone really doing it. Now, in my house of prayer days, and I mean in the sense of like having that playing at our home for hours a day and like doing that in gatherings in some measure, that type of intercession on behalf of the nations, on behalf of the, of the church, 
on behalf of our generation. Now, I've seen a little bit of that, yes. But this morning I landed in Ezra 9. Um, I've been popping around Ezra and Joel um, in, of course, different places. But, you know, I've been, I keep landing in Ezra a lot. Um, But in verse 6 it says, I said, oh my God, I am ashamed. I am embarrassed. I'm ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you. My God. Why? Was this the personal confession? Was Ezra embarrassed and ashamed of his own iniquity and of, of his own actions? Well, not in this verse. I'm ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, for our iniquities have risen above our heads. And our guilt has grown even to the heavens. Okay, so like the first thing that stands out to me is we're talking about a measurement here. (laughs) We're talking about a measurement-based assessment of the iniquities against Yahweh. Ezra is acknowledging the sins of the people. He's acknowledging the iniquities of his age, of his forefathers, of his brethren, of the nations. He's ashamed. He himself now, he himself individually is ashamed and he himself is embarrassed about the iniquities from the people. The iniquities of the people is bringing him embarrassment before the Lord. When he approaches the Lord, he's feeling bad on behalf of the sins of his fathers and the sins of the people the congregation. And he acknowledges that there's so many, they're so numerous, they've risen above their heads. And not just that, their guilt has ascended all the way to the heavens. It has surpassed an earthly measurement and gone all the way up to the heavens. And friends, there's something within this, and boy, may the Lord help me to just I'm going to have to just, I'm going to have to reach my arm out and just bring all of this in. This corporate responsibility, this this corporate intercession, the the intercession on on the behalf of peoples, I have not seen that very much in my experience within the body, is... Oh, Lord, forgive us for our iniquities. Now, this is, this is throughout the Old Testament a lot. Um, with priests, with kings. And this, is, and this is why I'm like, well, Lord, should this be a multi-part series? I mean, God, this could take forever if I go through texts where different men throughout the history of the people of God... Show us this example. Leviticus talks about, now again, I'm not quoting, I'm trying to remember. Confessing the iniquities of the fathers. And, and, and in the confessing of the sin and rebellion and iniquity of their fathers, Yahweh remembers his covenant. He remembers his covenant when men are acknowledging and repenting and confessing the sins of their fathers. 
Friends, do you do that? I'm just going to put that like right out there. Do you do that? I have not done that much in my walk. Now, why is that? Let's just go right here and I'll come back to, to some other texts. I would say we don't do, let's again, in, in light of what I'm presenting, I would say we don't do number three, the intercessory confession, because we have failed to do number one and absolutely failed to do number two. We are not walking in a lifestyle of repentance and constantly assessing our own selves, our own iniquities, our own sin. Oh man, see, I, man, the Lord's speaking, y'all. This is no hoodoo craziness, right? The Lord's speaking something clear. Listen to what I'm saying. There's two reasons why we're not seeing number three. Okay, listen. We're not seeing it because we're not seeing confession to God, and we're not seeing confession to the brothers, and so we're surely not seeing the, the intercessory confession. Well, why? Because number one, we're not confessing our sins to one another. We're not walking in open transparency before our brothers, and so we are reserved, we're hidden, we're silent on the true reality of who we are on the inside where no one can see. And so we will never move into the intercessory confession because we're not in, a, in an inner posture to be confessing to Yahweh himself and confessing to the brothers. So we will never get to the, what I would say, the greatest example of that, which is the corporate acknowledging confession on an intercessory level of, Lord, forgive us all. Forgive us for our iniquity. We have unclean lips. We are, what did, what did Isaiah say when the coal was flown to him and placed upon his mouth? Oh man, I live in a land of iniquity. I am amongst the people of iniquity, myself included. A greater expansion. Okay, and before I get any further, this is why I feel the Lord's saying. And also, the, the second reason we don't get to number three is because we are not walking out a life of becoming consecrated, set apart, and holy. And so listen, we have so many recurring, repeating, repetitious sins and iniquities in our life, new, if you will, always coming up, always on the scene, if in fact we are number one, and even number two, confessing to God and confessing to men, if, in fact, we're doing those things, if we are not walking away from the sins of ourselves now, the cycles of sin, the yoke, and the, uh, um, the yoke of slavery to sin, if we do not leave that cycle and become detached from that in freedom and deliverance, we are so stuck constantly confessing our own sin, confessing our own failures with endless abundance, we will never get to the intercessory confession. Listen, do you hear what I'm saying? I am convinced that's what the Spirit's saying right now. Friends, we don't get to the intercessory level confession because either we do not do individual confession to God and individual confession to the brothers and or we are so stuck in our own iniquity, we never get past our own iniquity, we never get past our own confession of our own innumerable ongoing sin, 
we never get to the corporate expression of confession. Amen. Amen to that. Friends, we've got to move past our constant failure, our constant cycles of sin. It's time for men to be free. These men in the scriptures, and we don't even have time. All these men, man, look in the Old Testament patterns about about the priests and the kings, the brothers, the prophets, interceding on behalf of the corporate people. We have sinned. Our fathers have rejected your ways. And even just that tiny bit in Leviticus, like it says, when we confess the sins and the iniquities of our fathers, the Lord turns and remembers his covenant. Friends, this is a principle that we must remember. We must unearth, we must give ourselves to. The power of the intercessory confession. There's so many things, man. I'm, I'm looking at a couple notes I wrote down. And I don't want to just, I'm trying to drive too. I feel like there's a lot within that, friends. I think there's something within that. May we not be found repeating the sinful patterns of rebellion of our fathers. Well, how do we do that? I think part of that is the confession on behalf of our generational line. Specifically, when, if and when you're in the people of God. You're, in, you're a son of Abraham. You're in the bloodline of Messiah. You are a chosen ro- royal priesthood. Oh God, forgive us of the guilt of our fathers. Forgive the ways of your people. Oh, Yahweh, God, turn from your anger. How many times do we see that in the scriptures? Men standing in. How did they do that, friends? I think this is the point within this. How did they do that? Well, what about themselves? That's what we would say today in this culture we're in. Well, what about you, brother? What about your sin? I'm convinced these men were already clean. These men had already dealt with confession to Yahweh and confession to the brothers. I think they were clean. I think they were clear. Friends, I believe we can be those men. Priestly men now. Set apart men. Maybe it's not for everyone. I don't know. I am not in a place presently to be able to say yes or no towards that. I am realizing in my life more and more firsthand experientially, not everything is for everyone the functions and the roles within the body. I'm telling you, for too long, I believe the lie that, you know what? We're all the same. We're all the same. There are no functions. There are no specific, distinct characteristics, qualities, and functions for men in the body. We're all the same. Why? Because I was afraid everybody would mishandle the placement of themselves by God and men. Friends, it's a lie. It keeps us down. It keeps us all ignorant. That's why everyone's so immature. No one has been a spiritual father to say, you know what, friend? Listen, son, I know more than you. I know more than you, son, and you can either receive that in humility or you can walk away, but that's fact. 
Is that not true with our children? Does my eight-year-old son have the right to look at me and say, hey, dad, you can't tell me what to do. I already know. He may think he does now, but what is that? That's a heart of rebellion. It's a heart of rebellion. Only when men can submit to other men will they submit to Yahweh God. I'm sorry. If you don't believe that, brother, you need to go to the Lord and ask that question. If you can't submit to a mere man, do you think you can submit to Yahweh eternal? If you can't even submit to a man, I'm telling you, we need to be priestly men. We need to be priestly men who say, you know what? I am approaching the throne of God. I'm going into the Holy of Holies. I have fasted. I have prayed. I have set myself apart. I have cleansed my house. This temple is clean. I'm going in. Well, why am I going in? I'm going in to intercede. I'm going in to worship Yahweh. I'm going in to present a living sacrifice before Him. As much as I can understand today, even on behalf of the people, oh Lord, I'm interceding. Receive your people. Receive your people. Wash us. Cleanse us. I am in a land of iniquity. Friends, will you be somebody who lifts your hand and say, yep, that's me. That's me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Hey, I'm a man of unclean lips. Why is that hard for people to say? I'm telling you, I don't understand that. I say to my wife, Lord bless her. I came home last night and I talked to her for two straight hours. I don't even know if I took a breath. But like, why is it so hard? And I'll bring this to conclusion. Why is it so hard for us to hear something we don't like and just say, you know what, amen, that's true. That's just true. No rebuttal, no argument, no defense. You know what? That's true. Or even this, can we just start here, a juvenile step? It's possible. Yeah, that's possible. I don't see it. I don't even believe it. But brother, you know what? That's possible. Why in the world is that so? That should not be hard for the Christ man. That should not be hard for the man who has lost his life for the sake of of the sun. That should not be hard, friend. I'm being serious and I'm being so honest right here. If that's hard for you, brother, you have a problem. There's too much of you. You better climb up into the cross and into the side of the Messiah and die in that area. I'm just saying it as it is. You're not dead. If you need to protect yourself, defend yourself, stand up for yourself and say, hey, I have to do things on my own, on my own accord. Friends, you're not in the Messiah. You're not in that area. Whatever that area is, you're not in him. The dead men are the Christ men. My family, not my own. My business, not my own. My reputation, not my own. I'm a man of iniquity. I deserve nothing. I deserve the wrath and judgment of God. Yes and amen, period. There's no good in me apart from him. But guess what? I am in him. I'm in the son. I have entered the priestly order and I'm going into that most holy place. Why? I've cleansed my hands. I've cleansed my heart. I've stuck my hands in the laver and you know what? I'm all clean. 
I'm all clean. Why? The blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb of the lamb is on my doorpost, friends. The blood of the lamb is on my doorpost. Judgment is not for me. I'm in freedom. I'm going into the holy place. And you know what? When I'm in there, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the bride. I'm praying for the people of God. With myself included now, not, oh, God, help them. Oh, help those sinful ones. No way. See, that's what we, that's what we go to. That is off. That's elementary people. Well, what about, what about praying against those people that are so sinful? What about you? I'm, this is, again, in this scripture specifically, our iniquity. Our iniquity. Not their iniquity. Not their sin. Our sin. Our iniquity. Our rebellion. Our guilt has ascended to the highest heavens. I'm telling you, let's go to number three. But brother, you're not going to number three until you get through number one and number two. Go to the Lord and empty yourself out. Pour yourself out to empty. And then go to a brother. Not, well, we'll find a brother you've got an offense against. No way. You go to a brother and you say, hey, you have an ear? Listen to this. I'm dumping out my guts. I'm being clear. I'm being clean. I'm confessing. Why? The scripture says there's power in the confession one to another, period. That alone is enough reason. And only then will we even begin to knock on the door of going through number three. The intercessory confession. Lord, rescue your people. Deliver us. Forgive my fathers. Forgive our iniquity. Forgive the nation. Forgive our rebellion, God. Please receive us. Remember your covenant, God. Please. I'm telling you, it's time for us to go there. It's time for priests to return to the earth. I'm, oh my gosh. The Hezekiah call. I'm telling you, this is why I exist. To be Hezekiah and say, you know what? Hey, priests, you're out there cutting firewood and building houses instead of serving the Lord and serving his people in the temple. Come in, come back in. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. It's time for the functions of the temple to return to the earth. Will you do it? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Now, I'm not going to be alone. But how about you? Will you do it? Let's do it. The power of the intercessory confession. The corporate reality. Lord, remember your covenant. Remember your covenant, God. Amen.